Hey everybody, it's the Field Guys here. Uh, today we're going to be doing a 2020 NFL Draft preview. We'll be looking at some bold predictions made by Max and myself. We're going to be discussing some of the notable teams and the players in this year's draft, as well as our famous recommendations and our good old Q ampersand A. Of course. Uh, if you're new to the channel, make sure to hit that subscribe button and click the bell for notifications. Uh, let's get straight into it. Uh, some of our big draft day questions. And our first yeah. one is, if you could make the draft decisions for one team, who would you choose? Max, we'll start with you. Yeah, I like this question, sort of sitting in a GM's shoes. Um, my gut says to pick the Redskins because, you know, I'm a Redskins fan. and I don't want to make sure they don't screw this up. Um, but I think my actual answer is going to be the Dolphins. I mean, they have a ton of picks. I think three first-rounders, right? Um, and, you know, they have the ability to really set up their future uh, with a couple of picks, you know, maybe take Justin Herbert or Tua, whoever they think. Um, but, you know, they, they have the potential to build a really nice team, a nice young and upcoming team. Yeah, I was using that same logic when I picked the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like they're only a few draft picks away from being a really – insanely good franchise I, I thought they were coming into the last season I thought they were going to be the ones coming out of the AFC it was going to be like between them and the Chiefs yeah. and I don't know what happened but something about them fell apart I don't know if it was just Philip Rivers or something wasn't like right within the organization but I feel like they have one of the highest ceilings in terms of just raw talent and I feel like if they can just fix I mean they brought in they really just fixed the holes, like the very few holes they had during free agency. Like they brought in offensive uh, linemen and they, they, they filled the few holes that they had. So I feel like if they can find a solid QB to replace Phillip Rivers, I, I think they're not too far away from really being a force in the AFC. Yeah, and a couple of years ago, I mean, they were in playoff contention and really not much changed about the roster uh, last year. They just right. really- weren't able to put things together and maybe that's Philip Rivers sort of being that like mediocre quarterback uh if they can find that guy to um take the role um I mean yeah I could see them being uh playoff contenders pretty soon they got the offensive weapons for sure Austin Eckler's insane Austin um, Eckler and Melvin Gordon I mean that backfield was crazy. well Melvin Gordon's gone now he's on the Broncos, right but I mean I last year oh okay yeah, yeah. Although he was yeah. uh, sitting out, right, for a little bit. He was out for like a few weeks. Yeah, I know because I had him on my I fantasy remember, team. I drafted him in like I the second that. round. And I remember I had Eckler for like four weeks, and then I got I got I, I got a nice deal for him. I traded him away. I remember you offered me a trade like early on, included Eckler for Austin Eckler because he had like that yeah, first like, week that was. He got yeah. like 30 points. I was like, no <laughs> way. Because you off, you, and then I think you wanted Juju. Every week afterwards. And then Which, in hindsight. Who also didn't end up doing well. Yeah. In yeah. hindsight, I should have so taken you, that. Wow. I, neither of those went well for you. Yeah. That's so I, did, I didn't win last year in fantasy football. Yeah. We're just not going to talk about that. Where? I did well, but I, don't think, I didn't win at all. I don't think you won last year. You, I think you I did, did well, though. Yeah. I, I know I did well. I think I had the most points for which is all I care about. Okay. Um, moving along. Um, uh, we want to talk about the biggest steal of the draft. I think um, 
one potential guy for I'm going to go quarterback, uh, Anthony Gordon. He's from Washington State. Um, we saw last year with Gardner Minshew. Um, he came from Washington State, and the Jags picked him up in, I think, like the sixth round. Um, and he turned into an absolute steal. Um, but Gordon comes from the same place. He threw over 5,000 yards, 48 touchdowns, and only 16 picks with over a 70% completion percentage. So I could see like the Bears, Saints, or Colts, maybe even the Steelers taking a late round pick on him. And, you know, I was thinking about this. If the Bears pick him, because obviously they have Nick Foles um, now, what if he forces him out of the job again? Another Washington. Oh, if if another like sixth round QB. It'd be so funny. Just destroys Nick Foles. It's going to, it'll make be happy just because all the eagles fans who were talking about how he was like oh, the yeah. second coming of christ and all those people who were talking about how he was better than uh, carson wentz were like it was, it was a ridiculous argument right he did get I mean, and that washington state okay well <laughs> no i'm on your side yeah. on this yeah uh i mean it, it's not like washington state faces a, like a bad uh defense or like bad competition either like he was really in some like tough games mm-hmm. apparently so that coach, not, just in general, just apparently their coach is like some mastermind or something you know at uh producing good quarterbacks good um that's what that that's what lincoln riley is that's, yeah yeah for sure like like coming out of it like baker mayfield you notice how you like really good with lincoln riley and then not good with yeah, Freddie Kitchens. I'm worried that's gonna happen to Jalen Hurts. I, I, because I wonder if, if Lincoln Riley is really, just really good at making. Because wasn't he with Pat? No, never mind. Never mind. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. So, who's one surprise player who could uh, find himself landing in round one? All right. I think if. If we see that a huge surprise landing in round one, I think it will be Jalen Hurts. I don't think necessarily he will, but I think if there's going to be a big surprise, like someone who is kind of predetermined to not be in the first round and ends up being taken in the first round, I think it's going to be him. I know the Patriots and the Steelers especially are really looking at him. And I know that like GMs have reported saying that like he's not making it out of the second round. So especially for the Patriots, you don't have a pick in the second round. If they feel like they can't get him, um, like if, if, if they can't get a trade or if they can't trade a pick to get somewhere in the second round and they don't think they're going to get, and if they really want Jalen Hurts and if they don't think they're going to get him in the third, um, maybe we see him take him at 23 or maybe trade back into like one of the later slots. But I, I think he'll go in the second. But I think if there's one like big surprise going in the first, it'll be Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think if he goes in the first, the only team that really makes sense to pick him is the Patriots because they have a late-round pick. Maybe they can even trade back to a later pick um, and take him. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen, but it's possible. Could be a surprise. Um, mine is not necessarily a player, um, but I'm going to say – Um, that we see a minimum of five and probably even six wide receivers get taken in the first round. 
which is crazy. Like this wide receiver class is awesome. Um, and I think CD Lamb, yeah, Jerry Judy, mm-hmm. Henry Ruggs, mm-hmm. that guy from LSU, Justin Jefferson. Yep, T Higgins too. Um, T Higgins. I think so. I think three of them are like locks, um, and then you can sort of pick and choose um, between another two or three. Um, but they all have first round potential. Um, yeah. And I could definitely see six wide receivers going into the first, which you can't say about every draft. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a deep draft this year. Yeah. It so is the fact that there are so many skill positions being taken. All right. So what is one change you would make to the draft this year? I'll start it off real quick. Um, so I saw this idea, I think, on CBS Sports. Um, by one of their analysts. Um, but it would be to extend the draft a couple rounds because obviously you have undrafted free agents um, after every draft to the next couple of days take time to um, meet with teams and whatnot to get signed. I say extend it a couple rounds to um, limit the amount of free agents um, because obviously right now things are super complicated about how, how are you going to go sign that contract and whatnot. So I think it's better to limit um, the social interaction um, between potential players and GMs and whatnot. I think if any, it's weird because we, this is like, we have very opposite opinions. I think we should shorten the draft, if anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, first of all, like nobody except for people like whose job it is to watch and those insane fans get past second round. Like, a bunch of people don't get past the first, even less get past the second round, right? So by the time you're in the third round, there's nobody's watching. So, like, you're not gaining anything in terms of revenue or interest anywhere past the second round, right? And around the fourth round, all the talent, except for those diamonds in the rough, like, nobody sees, all that talent is essentially the same. And by that point, it's just about what is the best fit for that player, right? So, like, if Brady doesn't get drafted by the Patriots in the sixth round, I, he doesn't have a good career, I don't think, mm-hmm. right? So he get, he's very lucky that he got drafted by a team that fit his play style. Um, and I think that's not the, the case with a lot of players who are coming into the NFL, especially in those later rounds. I think – that past that point, if we shorten the draft like four or five rounds, we see a lot more players going to the free agency, a lot more college players who get to pick the team that fits them the best rather than being taken to a team that may not fit them and they might not have a good chance at, which means we see, I think, a lot more college players getting into places where they can make an impact, right? Um, rather than just hoping that it's a fit and hoping that these people can make an impact. And it's, I mean, you're signing the contracts anyway, rather than whether or not you're drafted. So people coming in and signing the contracts, I don't, I don't think there's a huge effect on whether or not you're drafted because you're still coming in, you're still signing contracts, you're still negotiating. 
regardless of whether or not you were drafted or just signed free agency. So I think shortening it is better for the fans and for the players themselves. Yeah. So first, normally I'd agree with you about the fact that really no one watches the draft. But I think right now with absolutely no sports going on, we'll see a lot more people tune in and watch the draft. Whether they a lot stay, more people tune in and watch the draft, but no one's going to make it past the third round. Past right. The I, I think more people will be watching it uh than previous years. Um, I see what you're saying, but I think that could create some problems. Like, who's going to want to go to, like, the Bengals, right? I just feel like a lot of that, – that just might create some problems with some teams benefiting more than others. And I think that's one thing that um, helps the league sort of stay competitive is that these – um, lower ranked teams, teams that do bad, get higher draft picks um, and they get first dibs on who they want, which is why the NFL is very competitive. And we see, well, besides the Patriots, we see different Super Bowl winners every year. Um, so that's my so take on that. I think past, once you get into those later picks, it's, a lot of those picks are used as a currency trying to trade up to get players or trying to trade for future draft picks or trying to play trade for players in general. Those picks I think are used less so as picks themselves than the earlier round picks. Um, and for someone who would have been drafted in the sixth round, it's not like they're getting competitive offers from the chiefs or the 49ers who, by the way, don't have a lot of cap space anyway. So if there's a player in the, who would have gone in the fifth or sixth round and he's getting a good offer from the Bengals and the Chiefs like, aren't taking a look at him or the Seahawks aren't taking a look at him, it's not like he's going to turn down a deal from the Bengals because he wants to keep holding out for a deal from a better team. He's going to go to the NFL. So I think once you get into those later picks and there are these people who aren't seen as such a valuable commodity at that time, I think you see kids still try to go to the team that's offering them the best deal and a team that suits them the best rather than just the team that does the best in the NFL. Mm -hmm. It's definitely an interesting idea and it'd be something completely new that we've never seen um, with sports. I mean, um, basketball doesn't have many roster spots. Baseball has like a bajillion rounds. They have a lot. So it'd definitely be a big change and could create sort of an interesting um, environment for the players to sign. All right, uh, moving along uh, to our next question. Um, which team trades up to get a QB? Uh, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. I, there have been a lot of rumors surrounding teams moving around to get these because this QB class seems to be different than a lot of the other years. Like it seems to be much deeper um, with like, especially like with Jalen Hurts being like the fifth ranked QB or like the sixth ranked QB, like he, he's a really good talent. And a lot of other years he'd be the second or third highest QB. Yeah. So there's been a lot of rumors surrounding how teams are going to maneuver around this class especially with the 
doubts surrounding Tua and his health. Um, I've heard a lot of reports saying the Dolphins might trade up. I've heard a lot of reports saying that the Patriots trade up to the third spot uh, and the, the Lions go back and the Patriots try to get Tua. I've heard Chargers are trying to get up in front of the Dolphins. All of this surrounding the Justin Herbert and um, Tua argument. Mm-hmm. And I think right now, the it, it looks like I don't see anyone trading out of their spot in the top five. I think there were rumors and there were debates and there was a few there were a few moments of hey what if we did this like like thought experiments but I think at this point everyone's kind of set on who they're picking and everyone is in the top five and probably top six. Uh, everyone is comfortable with where they are and who they're getting. I think if you're going to see anything, I think you're going to see the Pats trade up in front of the Lions to get Tua, um, or you see the Pats trade up into the top 10 and try to go for Jordan Love. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the Dolphins, if it, I don't, I, I, the Dolphins don't seem to want Tua anymore. And the Chargers seem to be completely fine with getting Tua at six, which is, I think it's a steal. I think Tua is the better prospect. Um, but I, I think if anything, you're going to see the, the Patriots training up to get someone. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of mine. Um, I think the Patriots are probably going to trade up into the top 10 maybe um, to get love. I don't think they have – maybe the assets or um, I, I don't think they're going to just go all out to get someone like Tua. I think maybe they trade a couple draft picks to move inside the drop, the top 10 um, to pick love. And it, at that point, it's not like you're a hundred percent committing to him being your franchise quarterback. And if he doesn't work out, then you didn't give up the world. Um, so I think that's sort of the route that the Patriots can and should go. Um, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying and it makes sense with sort of the top six, uh, or seven picks staying put, um, as long as the chargers are good with getting to them. If the chargers prefer Justin Herbert and are concerned about Tua's uh, injuries and health and whatnot, um, maybe that scares the dolphins into trading up, um, to that line spot at three. Um, I could definitely see that happening. Um, and one sort of surprise team that I put down um, was the Saints, if they really like Jordan Love, um, sort of sit behind Drew Brees for a couple years. And I mean, then, but that's assuming that they move off of Taysom Hill. Right. I don't, I don't know if Taysom Hill is sort of like a conventional quarterback. We'll, we'll but neither is Lamar Jackson. That's true. And this, um, this is a copycat league. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think the Saints do it, but – they're definitely a team to watch out for um, potentially moving up. I think the, this is more of a side note that I thought of just now is I think Jalen Hurts stock benefits significantly from quarterbacks like Taysom Hill and Lamar Jackson, like those very versatile QBs who can run and who can move it. We saw the success that the Ravens had, and that 
Swiss Army Knife, Taysom Hill, I think people are going to try to copy the success that the Ravens and Saints to a certain degree had. So I think you see Jalen Hurts taken earlier because of that similarity. I'm not saying it's Lamar Jackson. I'm saying the similar play style. Mm-hmm. And another reason why I think the Saints could move up, they obviously had Teddy Bridgewater um, last year, who's a great quarterback. And I was getting a starting oh, yeah. job. They might want to have that same sort of system that worked for them last year. Last year, you got Drew Brees, and then you got a number two. If Drew Brees is hurt or he's getting old, maybe needs to sit a couple games, you got that number two, and then you got your Swiss Army knife. So I could right. see the Saints um, copying what they did from last year. Um, all right, another question. Um, how many wide receivers uh, do you think will be taken in the first round an over-under put on three and a half. I think it's over. I think it's, it's an easy It's got to be over. I like we we talked over. about it earlier. There's three locks. Um, I, I'd say there are four locks. There's four locks? Yeah, I'd say CD, Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs, and Justin Jefferson are locks. Okay. And I, I think T. Higgins is like a borderline lock. Yeah, and there's a couple others that are yeah. I've seen in a ton of mock drafts. Yeah, going in the first. So there's a ton of needs for wide receivers. There's always going to be a need. The Redskins certainly have a need for wide receiver. Yeah. Um, so I definitely am taking the over, too. Um, That's an easy over for me. Will a running back be drafted in the first round? I think I think just probably. Just <laughs> probably. Because – I, my, my gut says that it, it you, running backs just like you kind of you take the running back. From, I don't know why, but I just my gut is telling me that there, a running back kind of has to go in the first round. Um, DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor, right, are the top two prospects. Yeah. In all of the reports and mock drafts that I've looked at and read, Jonathan Taylor is going, like, very back end of the first, um, like, 30th, 31, 32. DeAndre Swift is also around that same area. So I think you see at least one of the two of them go in the first round, especially when you get later into the draft when their team's kind of looking to just bump, to bump up their roster rather than to actually fix problems the team they're kind of just looking to add the icing to the cake. So I, I, I think you definitely see a running back in the first round, but it, it'll be later, I think. Yeah, I think one goes in the first. I think it's probably going to be Swift, and I th- think we could see maybe a team like the Dolphins who have multiple first-round picks sort of take a flyer on him. Um, but then with guys like Jonathan Taylor uh, and a couple others, I think maybe you see teams um, – like move up to an early second round pick to take them if you're really interested in them. But I don't see more than, I don't think more than one gets drafted in the first, definitely not more than two running backs in the first round. Yeah. Um, uh, so will Jalen Hurts be drafted before the start of the third round or will he be drafted later? From what I've heard, he's not making out of the second. There have been a lot of GMs, not a lot, 
there have been a few GMs who have said he's like they know for a fact he's not making it out of the second. Um, Mel Kuyper is saying that there are a lot of teams that are interested in him. Like, like I said earlier, we saw the success that the Ravens and the Saints were having with those versatile athletic QBs. Russell Wilson's been doing that in Seattle for a few years. So I, I think there's no way he makes it out of the second round. I don't see him going in the first, though. And mm-hmm. I think it, it'll be interesting to see what moves are made for teams trying to get him in the second. Because I know the Patriots have interest in him, and they might be competitive, assuming they don't get love or possibly even Tua in the first. So if they don't get those two, we might see them move up to the second round to try to get Hurts. But I also know Steelers, uh, Saints, Bears are all interested in him as well. So I think there might be a lot of trading and movement happening in that second round trying to get Hurts. Yeah, I think he ends up going in the second round, and I'll uh, touch on it a little later. He's sort of part of one of my bold predictions. Um but it, it does scare me a little bit that a lot of mock drafts have him going in the third round. I don't know how much insight these you know like experts have, um, but in a lot of mock drafts, I've seen him go in the third. I Personally, I don't see how he would get out of the second round just with the number of teams who are interested in him. I think someone's going to make a move to um, lock him up, whether that's, you know, the Patriots. We saw him talking with Jerry Jones, with the Cowboys, Saints, Bears, Steelers. There's a ton of different teams um, and that could potentially want to go grab him. We want to hit some bold predictions. Some bold predictions. So I, my, my first, first bold prediction, we've been talking a lot about the Dolphins getting Herbert because it seems like that is what has been decided and from everything I've heard from all the reports that are coming out of Miami it seems that the Dolphins are pretty set on taking Herbert my first bull prediction will be the Dolphins take Tua I think right now there's a lot of worry about his health and his ability to stay healthy in the pocket and make the decisions that don't get him injured because a lot, not a lot, but some of his injuries were caused by him being selfish in the pocket and trying to extend plays. And I think eventually you just have to start thinking this guy is a generational talent. Tua is different from all the other players. Tua has a higher ceiling. He's just a different degree of player. Right, coming out of college, there were injury concerns about Drew Brees. And Drew Brees is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And also, I've, I've been looking at the ESPN draft predictor, and it's giving Tua a way higher chance of going before or going to the Dolphins than Herbert does. Just according to reports, Mel Kuyper is saying that the Herbert's going to the Dolphins. I don't know what like equations the ESPN predictor is using, mm-hmm. but I think Tua 
is a better talent and eventually you just you realize you only get a chance to pick someone like this so often right i was watching the the release of the mel kuyper mock drafts and they were asking dominique foxworth and ryan clark the same question and they both agreed like yes i understand picking herbert over tua but it'll be a mistake like two is just a different talent from the other players yeah and my first bold prediction apparently isn't that bold anymore but one of us is going to be right because my first is that the dolphins go ahead and take herbert instead of tua mm-hmm. but i guess i'll make it more bold and i'll say that they trade up uh two spots to the number three pick to take them um I tend to agree that two is the better prospect. Um, And I know there's injury concerns, but if I'm a GM, I'm looking more at talent and less about the injury concerns. If you feel like Tua has that raw ability, there's no reason why you shouldn't take him. And we sort of saw this with the uh, Michael Jordan documentary last night. We'll get more into that in a little bit. But um, with that, the whole segment where there was like a 10% chance he has a career-ending injury and a 90% chance that he doesn't, I think that's sort of similar to Tua. Whether you want to play it yeah. cautious and take Herbert, who's a good quarterback, or you know, take that slightly higher risk and take Tua, um, who's the better prospect, has better talent, but there's that slight chance that his career gets cut short. You know, I'm, I'm taking the 90% all day and I'm taking Tua. Um, my other, my, my last bold prediction, which I mentioned earlier in this uh, podcast, but it's going to be that no one with a top five pick trades out of it or even within the top five. And I know that sounds kind of weird, like not like it's a bold prediction, but a lot of times you see these higher teams trading around to get more picks or trading around to get the the player they really, really want or the player they have their heart set on. And in this draft, I think the top five and even the top six, the, with, the, with the charges included, are set on who they're taking and they know they're going to get them where they are. And I think that they don't want to risk losing what they've kind of planned around, right? I, I think each team knows who they're getting, is happy with who they're getting, and doesn't want to risk that. So I think we're going to see the top six teams all stay where they are. And one team that I don't think is going to make a trade they should not under any circumstances make a trade but what if the redskins make a trade with the dolphins outside of the two pick you know that that sort of creates a ripple effect because then the lions they weren't expecting to get chase young and then the giants have a decision they weren't expecting to get um you know a couple good defensive players who are going to be on the board so that could be a ripple effect i don't think that's going to happen um, I think. Uh, I, I I think I don't, I don't think the Dolphins feel a need to get up into the second spot. Yeah, especially with their thoughts on Herbert now. That's probably yeah. true. Um, my next bull um, prediction. 
Um, we good? Are you going to say something? Okay. <laughs> That's, it's all you. It's okay. All you. Um, I'm going to say that the Patriots uh, move up to the eight pick, which the Cardinals have, um, to pick Jordan Love. It, it's not necessarily that exact pick, but mainly just inside the top 10. And we've talked about this a little bit, you know, earlier in the podcast yeah. about why it makes sense. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think the Patriots need to give to get up to that eight spot or into the top 10? Because they, they have their 23rd pick in the first round, right? Yeah. So they'd obviously give them the 23rd pick. Yeah. And then they have three picks in the third. So do you maybe give up like two third round picks? I think it's going to take more than that. I think it's going to take picks from next year's draft too, whether that's a second rounder and two thirds something like that, um, I think they're going to need more than two-thirds. Um, but then I guess my last bold prediction um, involving Jalen Hurts. This one's really bold, um, but I'm going to say that he ends up having the best career out of every quarterback in the draft, including Burrow. Including that, is, that is very bold. I, I think I think Burrow, if he stays in Cincinnati, is not having a good career. Yeah, I I could see him. I, I don't think he's going to be best, but it's definitely possible him. with where he's going to end up. Um, yeah. But I I Sorry. we could see you know like a Russell Wilson two Russell Wilson went in the third round. Yeah, he's it's a mobile possible. QB. Um, I really like Jalen Hurts's personality and his attitude towards the game. Um, so that is yeah. and my he, last bold prediction. When he went to Oklahoma, he he developed like a lot of those passing skills that he didn't really have at Alabama. He he like he had his athleticism and his running talent, and then he went to Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley, and he really developed that NFL caliber throwing and accuracy in his arm. So I think it's I I wouldn't say I wouldn't predict it necessarily, but I wouldn't be shocked. If, if he went on to have a really, really solid career, especially if he goes to the right spot and someone who can use him in a really well, a really good way, I think you can definitely see them. Yeah. All right, so that's sort of the NFL draft. Um, that, is, that is the NFL draft predictions. And now to our, our, our fans' favorite spot. Our fan favorites, our recommendations. Yes. So my two recommendations – are Lincoln Bridge and the Flatbush Zombies. So Lincoln Bridge, they were on America's Got Talent back in like 2016. They have like, they made it to the finals. They have they have 2,000-ish monthly listeners on Spotify. And it's this group of four guys from, I think, Louisville, like a really bad part of Louisville. And they sing just beautifully they're, they're all about harmony so it's it's insane they do like acapella stuff and they do like that slow stuff so it's it's amazing and you should definitely check them out if you're into that harmony um style it's beautiful and then my other recommendation would be the flatbush zombies they are a rap trio they have i think 1.6 million monthly listeners on spotify which sounds like a lot, but I still think they're really underrated. 
Um, they have very cerebral music. Um, they, they talk about things rather than just rapping. They have very distinct voices, very gruff. Um, and, but it's not like DMX where it's like they're yelling at you. It's, it, it's gruff, but it still sounds good and it's musical. And I think like it's all bangers. I love the Flapper song. So, so like, I, I, those are that's your recommendation. Like Migos? No, not like Migos. Not <laughs> all like Migos. <laughs> I, do not, I do not recommend Migos. I'd like to make that clear. I'm sure you're I all wonderful Migos. people. I think I, I'm sure they're wonderful people. But and they do they do have songs I love. I mean, there are some songs that I could listen Stir to and repeat. Their fries okay. They they do a song that's with my Post favorite. Malone. Post Malone called "Notice Me." That song I could listen to on a repeat for so long, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call myself a Migos fan because I don't listen to Migos actively. I just listen to those few songs. Yeah, uh, that's that's probably the boat that I'm they on. They all sound the same. Yeah. No. Uh, which one is it? I think Takeoff. His voice is a and lot. Not, not the voice. I mean the songs themselves. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can. I can sort of. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mine are. A couple rappers who are pretty underground, um, both sitting around a hundred thousand monthly listeners on Spotify. Um, but these two are more, I'd say, like chill hop, sort of um, not as upbeat, sort of mellow. Um, but what I'm really into is um, I, I like good lyrics, but I'm more into like the beat, like if it has a really nice, solid beat. That's what I enjoy. So my two recommendations are Auntie Lily and Kid Abstract. Um, almost every song by them um, I think is a banger. Kid Abstract doesn't have as much um, to listen to, but Auntie Lily's got a couple albums and um, some singles that I think are really solid. Um, so I guess the Very last cool. thing we got on our plate is the Q&A. We got the questions, the Q ampersand A, if you yes. will. We got some awesome questions, and we obviously want to thank you guys for sending them in. Got some um, very controversial questions, also. Oh, for sure. Um, so the first one, we'll we'll start sports, and then we'll work our way to the uh, the uh, other ones. Um, so right. Shane asks so the miscellaneous questions. Right. Shane asks, "Do you think the Jets will trade down?" And so I'm going to say... Which, which pick do they have right now? I think it's the 10th. Okay. It's around 9, 10, 11. I don't know which one exactly. Okay. I'm going to say probably not. I could see it happening um, only by maybe the Broncos or the Patriots. Patriots would be trading up for love. The Broncos would be trading up for uh, Judy, who I've heard that they might uh, want to trade up for but I think the Jets might pick a wide receiver. So I don't think they'd necessarily want to make that trade with the Broncos. So I, I'm going to say probably not. No. Knowing, knowing the Jets, they're going to like trade up to the number one spot and take C.D. Lamb. That's my prediction. The Jets are going to trade up to the one spot and take C.D. Lamb because that is how their organization functions. Right, exactly. That's, that is my full answer. All right. <laughs> Uh, so June asks, and this is exact quotes. I want to make that very clear. 
will Antonio Brown sign with the Colts and then become a Hall of Famer? So our friend June is a big Antonio Brown fan for those who might know be a lot confused. Not, it's not warranted either. Like he's not a Steelers fan. Yeah, he's a Colts fan. He's not even right. So it it it's interesting. I I remember he made he made a fan page a little while ago, a couple of years ago. Um, but to answer your question, no. My, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I think I think Antonio Brown is. Uh, I think he's done with football for a little bit. Maybe the uh, Cowboys will sign him. They signed that uh, that one guy that had no, a ton no, of problems. The 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 Cowboys are going to sign Antonio Brown to like a thirty five million one year deal, just destroy their cap, release all of their linebackers. And then they'll never sign Dak. I and mean, that that'll be the Cowboys. And then they'll never sign Dak. And that is how the Cowboys organization functions as well. Yep. Um so our friend Sharon had now some now we transition to the miscellaneous very, questions. Very this controversial is... questions. Um yeah. so let's just Real go fingers. right into it. Cameron, what is your opinion? on mini staplers are they superior to the normal ones i'm gonna say no and here's here's my whole thing with regular size staplers okay i feel like when you're pressing down on that edge you get way more power just because of physics you're getting way more power on that on that lever if you will Mm -hmm. so I, i i have i feel more consistent i more consistently get through all of my papers with regular size staplers and do with mini staplers i don't carry around staplers with me so there's no convenience aspect there for mini staplers to to be superior and they just hold less staplers i mean they hold less staples so i think the only thing that mini staplers really have over regular size staplers is convenience and cuteness and since the convenience and cuteness aspects do not really affect me, and you can really you can really pimp out a regular stapler. If you do it right, I mean, you can really make that thing shine. I'm 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 gonna stick with the regular the good old regular size stapler. All right. Um I wouldn't call myself a stapler. Um I don't okay. use a lot of staples. Uh, I definitely don't carry around a mini stapler. I I'm can see I max. I can see the hype around the mini stapler. Certainly convenient if you're on the run. But on the I'm, run, if you, yeah, you know. Um, but I'm never, you know, in a situation where I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to staple this right now. I can always just wait till I get home and use that bigger stapler, which holds more staplers, like you said. Um, and it's you, you get more power behind it. So uh, I, I think I, I'll have to agree with you on that one. Um, and then my, my gov class, yeah, I have that. I have that need all the time where I'm just like, Holy Lord, I need to staple something right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It I, I, I can wait a couple hours. Very sometimes. Um, and then the other big question, two or three pronged outlets. Three prong. Three for sure. I feel like because that's, that's self-explanatory. There's some things it's that just, need three. There's no advantage to two prong over three prongs. Yeah, I can't think of a single. The outlets. I can't. I don't think I've ever seen. A, I've seen them. 
but I don't yeah. understand them. I don't understand. You, you need no, to... but she's asking, is she asking two or three pronged like plugs? Oh. I'd say I'm more of a two prong guy just because it's, I feel like it's less stuff to work with and you're, you I, have I think... a hundred percent success rate instead of like a 98% success rate. I think I'd still go outlets. three um, in that case though, because you get more um, support, right? It's not going to fall out so, as easy with the three. So like, like you'd rather have a phone charger with, with the three prongs rather than two prongs? I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't bother me. Interesting. I just feel like it looks clunkier just in terms of sheer... Yeah, but if if it started out as a three and then went to a two, you'd be like, "This is kind of weird, right?" You just have that image in your head. That's, that's fair, actually. That, yeah. that, that's fair. That's fair. And I'll then that to end the podcast, um, I think the best question this we've one gotten comes from the inner circle. Um, I think this is the best question we've ever gotten. Um, so ever, Michaela. Um, we're not going to say her last name. Um, just a random person, a fan of the podcast, asks, "Why is Cameron's sister so much cooler than him?" Uh, Cameron, do you want to, you know, clear it up? Um, I'm, I'm just gonna say this. All right, here's what I'm gonna say. Cameron's sister, okay. Cameron's sister can't drive. Um, she's not a legal adult. She's not currently in college. You're not currently uh, in college. <laughs> I have been accepted to a college. That doesn't make you currently nope, in up. college. Nice. She doesn't have her own podcast. That's that's fair. That's that's a good point. Right? Yeah. She is not the captain of the Ultimate Frisbee team. A captain. Her favorite show is like, yeah, a captain. Her favorite show is like, Grey's Anatomy, which is gross. Yeah, but your favorite show is like Scooby-Doo. No, that is not fair. It's a great show, and I'm currently binge-watching it, but I wouldn't call it my favorite yeah. show. And also, to clear up, it's the Mystery Incorporated. It's like the newest one. So it's not like that old one with no plot. Like, this is, it's, it's the real deal. Right. Yeah. And remember, have- people, Cameron chooses to watch Scooby-Doo over Survivor, which is unreal. Survivor. Anyway, go on. It just feels it. It feels manufactured. I just wanted to throw that out there, but you forgot I, the most important part, which is that coolness aspect, which Michaela just is better at. I'm, I'm actually, sorry. You weigh on you. You weigh in on this. Come on. I'm, I'm agreeing. Like, I'm agreeing with our fan, Michaela. Sorry. Okay. What specifically? What specifically? makes her definitively cooler than i am um there's there's just not one specific thing right it's just that whole all right it's 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 a vibe cam you you wouldn't get it just the aura it's it's, yeah you only cool people would get it um but that's our podcast uh for today um podcast for the day this is like that's a great note to end on Yes, for sure. That was the last part. So this one uh, was a little shorter than what we usually do. Um, we usually did about an hour for um, each podcast, but we're um, hopefully trying to cut it short to around 30 minutes um, and maybe produce some more. Um, 
one idea we had. Yeah, hopefully and, get like two podcasts out a week. Yeah, and one idea we had with the Michael Jordan um, documentary coming out last night, we watched that. Um, we plan on reviewing that um, as a separate podcast, so be on the lookout for that. Um, and then make sure, you know, if you haven't subscribed, like this video, follow us on social media. That'd be awesome. Um, and just, yeah, thanks for Ask us questions. Yes, we appreciate your questions. Um, so yeah, until next time. <laughs> yes. All right. See you guys. Later.